Hey, Tradixon here, back with you for another Bible Thump, and I want to let you know uh, how these are going to go for the next bit here. Um, we're going to change things up a little bit, and instead of me coming to you every week, uh, we're going to bring in some people from the Love Internet community, we're going to bring in some of our ministry partners from other nerd ministries, uh, and they're going to get the opportunity to share these with you as well. I'll keep being around. I'll share this Bible Thump moment with you um, periodically as well. But we want to invite more voices into this uh, beautiful experience of nerd ministry. And I hope that encourages you. So um, you're probably getting bored. If, if you've stuck with this thing, you're probably getting bored of hearing from me. And you probably like the idea of hearing from some fresh voices. So we're going to provide that for you. And you're going to get to do that very soon. So uh, because of that, I'm, I think I'm going to drop that series on Romans that I was doing that I never finished. <laughs> and instead... Um, because there's going to be different speakers coming in, different people doing this this moment, um, and instead, um, just share, share something that's meaningful to me, and then uh, you'll hear from someone else next week. I think so. I uh, hope that is cool. I think I think you'll find it encouraging. You'll find it helpful. So, what I want to do is just share from one of my favorite passages in the Bible, probably my very favorite passage in the Bible, and I'm going to read. Um, I'm going to read Matthew 5 in just a minute, but before I do, I want you to think about, like, here, here, here's the question that, that I think Matthew 5 drives at. Um, like, how would you answer this question? My life, or we'll finish the statement. How would you finish the statement? My life would be better if, what would you say? What would you fill in that blank? What comes next for you when you hear that statement? My life would be better if, uh, for some of us it might be if I had more money, if I had more financial security. We don't have to call it money. If I had more financial security, that's that's something that's heavy on my heart lately. Uh, my life would be better if I had my dream job. If I could finally like land that career that I've been trying and striving for, my life would be better if I could pay off my student loans. My life would be better if um, I didn't have a car that broke down all the time. My life would be better if I wasn't so sick. Um, like maybe it's a physical ailment for you. My life would be better if he or she would like me. He or she or they would like me. Like, right? If my life would be better if. I got that promotion. My life would be better if we could stop fighting. Um, my life would be better if my children would just listen and obey. There's always something we think that will make our life better. And the natural human tendency with regard to happiness, with regard to how we think about fulfillment in life, is to think of it as something that is fixed outside of us. If they could stop being that way, my life would be better. If he would just recognize how great I am and give me that promotion, I would be better off. If uh, my student loans could just be forgiven by the government or whoever, my life would be better. If I could just get that scholarship, I would be fine. Um, right? If, if so-and-so would just wake up and see that I'm the perfect fit for this job, then life would be better. Um, and I think Jesus challenges that notion, these notions that, that happiness is something that is solved outside 
of ourselves. I think Jesus actually challenges that notion in the sermon, and I'm going to show you how I think he does that really briefly. We're not going to spend a ton of time here, but I'm not going to go verse by verse through this. I'm just going to read it, and then I'll, I'll make a couple comments. All right, let's go. Matthew 5, starting in verse 1. When he, Jesus, when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice, because your reward is great in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay, so um, Jesus is, this is Jesus' first big sermon in the Gospel of Matthew, in Matthew's account of Jesus' life. And he begins in a pretty profound way. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, blessed, um, by the way, some people translate this like happy, happy are the poor in spirit. I think that's a pretty good translation, but it's it's a deeper kind of happiness. This term blessed in the context in which Jesus is preaching this is this idea of like being happy, but happy because we're living in the goodness and the favor of God, that like God's favor is upon us. So the people who have God's favor and are happy or fulfilled are those who are poor in spirit. In other words, they recognize their spiritual need, their poverty. Um, this is pretty profound because um, to be poor in spirit means to be humble, to recognize our dependence on God rather than trusting our own strengths. When we acknowledge our spiritual poverty, I think we make room for God to shine in our lives, for his kingdom, his values to rule in our hearts. Um, so you see, that's different than this idea of, um, of my problems being these things outside of me, that if X, Y, and Z would happen outside of me, things would be better. Now, Jesus says the beginning of of happiness, the beginning of contentment, the beginning of a satisfied life, the beginning of, of a contented life before God in God's world begins with spiritual poverty, right? It begins with this recognition that inwardly I am at the core of my being a needy person. I'm a needy person. I need help. I need direction. I need guidance. I need to be lifted up. We live in this culture that's constantly telling us, right, the American dream, like, pick yourself up, dust yourself off. Do every, you have the power to make your life better. Um, and that's true, you do, but, um, but where does that help come from? It comes from this recognition that at, our bare, at the core of our being, we are needy people. And listen, so many of us spend so much time trying to mask our needs, pretending we are okay on our own, pretending we don't have needs. This is me. I want to be vulnerable for a minute here. This is me. I don't like people to know that I'm needy. I don't like feeling like I'm a burden on other people. 
I don't like feeling like um, I put someone out because of my neediness. Like that I'm that I am a, a you know that I'm that someone might be annoyed by me because I brought needs to the table of of the of the interaction or the relationship. But Jesus says one of the most fundamental things about someone who is truly happy, who's truly satisfied, who truly lives a kingdom-oriented life is this recognition of spiritual need, this recognition of poverty, um, that we need help, that we're not okay on our own. Um, And I think this is one of the most beautiful statements Jesus ever uttered because it tells us that people like you and me who come to the table hungry, uh, who come to the table of life with need, with feeling like we're not okay, with feeling like we don't uh, have confidence necessarily about the future. Um, and by the way, this sermon will instill confidence in us about the future. But for now, if you're coming to the table going like, I'm not okay, I'm feeling weak, I'm feeling poor, I'm feeling needy, um, I just want you to know Jesus says you're blessed. The one who's not blessed is the one who hides their spiritual need, who hides their, not just spiritual, but physical need, that hides the fact that you have emotional, spiritual, mental needs. It's okay to be a needy person. Um, Needy people in the hands of God are filled, according to Jesus. So bring your need. um, And don't just bring it to God. That's, That's where we start. But bring it to your relationships. Um, we're called to live in community, and part of how you grow in relationship with others is by finding people you can trust to share your needs with. Because when we do, we find that we have a God who satisfies, right? He goes on to say, blessed are those who are mourned, for they will be comforted. Um, part of what it means to follow Jesus is to recognize like regularly that the world is not always a safe place, that the world is broken, and that there's reason to be upset when we see tremendous injustice in the world around us, when we see the injustice that we've participated in, not just outside of us, but how are we part of, how are we ingredients in the brokenness of of God's good world? How are we contributing to the pain and suffering of others? I can't remember who said this, but there's someone, someone famous once said, everyone is a villain in someone else's story. Uh, and that's always stuck with me because um, we all want to think of ourselves as the hero. But there's this recognition in the sermon that there is reason, real reason. As we think about our needs, like I said before about poverty of spirit, as we think about our needs and um, think about our neighbors, we recognize that this is a broken world and that there's reason to be upset. There's reason to mourn. And those uh, who mourn are blessed. Why? Because they recognize that they need help. They recognize that there's a God who loves them and who will provide for them and will meet them in their poverty and their need, but also meet them in their feelings. One of the beautiful things we see, and I think I'll end here, like I said, I was going to go through every <laughs> verse of this. Maybe I'll speak on this sermon again soon, but at least these first two, I think, are just so beautiful and profound. So uh, the first line of the sermon, blessed are those, uh, blessed are those, uh, are the poor in spirit, says your needs are welcome before God. 
Blessed are those who mourn, it says your feelings are welcome before God. So if you're like me, you don't like to be needy, but if you're like me too, you don't always like to tell people how you feel. <laughs> I don't want people to know sometimes that I'm sad. I don't want people to know that I'm fearful or anxious. I don't want people to know that I fear that they'll weaponize my my vulnerability against me, right? And Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, right? Um, so here's what I want you to know. Your feelings and needs are welcome before God. In fact, um, honesty about those spiritual needs in relationship to God and relationship to other people in relationship to yourself. You need to be honest with yourself about your feelings and needs. You need to be honest with your neighbor. Um, not just anyone, but people who really care about you, people who are in your corner. Be honest with them. Be honest with God. And the good news is, is that when we are honest about those things, we find ourselves welcomed. We find ourselves blessed. We find ourselves taking the first step, perhaps, towards satisfaction, towards fulfillment. And I don't just mean, like, happy. Um, I do mean happy, but I mean a deeper happiness, right? Real fulfillment. We're really fulfilled when our spiritual needs are met, right? When who we are as persons is seen and respected and welcomed in. And then we find that we have a God who cares about our feelings and needs and wants to elevate us to to a deeper relationship with him, with himself where we find true happiness. That's exciting and it's good news. Thanks for your time and for listening to me on all these mini Bible thumps. You'll still get to hear from me on the reg, just not every week. Um, and I'm not sure who's going to be delivering this thump of the Bible over your heads next week, but uh, it's going to be great. And I hope you'll stick around for it, and I hope that, that these encourage you greatly. Um, and if you're new to this uh, whole Bible thump thing, I want you to know two things. One, your feelings and needs matter, and they're welcome. God welcomes them. And secondly, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you, nerd. See you next time.